1: going on everybody welcome into the hump day hotline on the buffalo rumblings vodcast network i am your host i'm the host of the hump day hotline my name is joe miller and jay spence the king is not going to be joining us this evening instead i have sitting in that seat over there a man by the name of steve vega who is also a content creator for buffalo rumblings steve vega say hi
0: how's it going guys so Let's happy go. to be here it's my first day on the hump day hotline as a guest this is literally the most amazing thing that's happened since I started this podcast. Thank you, Joe.
1: I don't think it's the most, I'm sure there's more amazing things that have happened besides that, but uh, I definitely appreciate it. Before we get started and before I allow you to introduce yourself, uh, again, welcome everybody. Uh, Please do me a favor, we are, whatever platform you're on, please like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, click the little bell, that way you'll actually get notifications for whenever uh, Rumblings is going to be Uh, doing a live show and you'll find out if steve ever does a live show you'll find out because it'll pop up and say hey buffalo rumblings is live and it's the buff hub show uh also we are super chat live so if you want to stop us and have a conversation if you want to be a part of the conversation uh please feel free to to super chat us but uh it is hump day so as we like to say on on wednesdays hump that like button so jump on the like button i've got six lights likes on youtube right now so we need some more of that but all that being said getting through all that intro Excuse me. Uh tell tell everybody about yourself. So you have been on the time to shine, I think twice, right? You were you on the time to shine twice?
0: Yeah, I had to, man. I loved it. I love the time to shine. It was after the games and um, well, I think it was pregame, right?
1: Before the game, Saturdays, yep, Saturday Yes, night. yes yep. pre-game.
0: And I got so hyped for it every single time because I felt like we just had a chemistry about the buildup to the game and we had very similar um points just in our heads and they would just come out when we were talking to each other. I thought that was the coolest thing. So I kept wanting to join um whenever I got the chance. Um, and ever since then I have realized that Joe Miller is the king. There are two kings. Oh, J is the king. <laughs> it, it, okay. the you're, 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 you're killing my point here, Joe. There are two kings in separate countries that habituate in Buffalo Rumblings gotcha. world, and gotcha. you are one of them. And ever since um I've had the chance to collaborate with you, it's it's you're just so easy to talk to. Appreciate that. Um you bring the best out of someone every single time I see you talk to someone, doesn't matter who it is. You always bring the best out of them. And um, heck, if I have a good point, you make it feel even greater. So there's <laughs> you that. Are,
1: you are too kind. I do get told often uh, that I'm very easy to talk to. Uh, that people just feel like they're it, it, it as you said that it goes easy when they talk to me, uh, whether it's in an in an interview or in a in a conversation form. Which this is a conversation show, not an interview. But I appreciate it. You were far too kind. Let's do this. So uh, before we get started, why don't you tell everybody? uh about your show, uh when it drops, how long you've been doing it. Because you were a part of Rumblings long before I was. Like I just joined Rumblings, what I think it's just about a year ago, almost exact. I don't know what my what my Rumblings anniversary is, but it's we're close to it. So tell everybody about yourself.
0: I feel like I'm on I'm actually on the eve of a two year mark here. And it blows my mind because I literally started a no name podcast of being a Buffalo <laughs> Bills fan. And I just literally would talk to my brother from Kenmore. Oh. um and we would just talk about the bills and you know, it was it was on the anchor app. Now I'm I'm kind of tracking oh, yeah. back to remember. Oh, yeah. yep. And then literally I, I remember messaging Matt Perino. And ever since I got in contact with Matt Perino, it really started to interest me about wow, like how how fascinated I was on how um united truly the fan base is when someone who is that much in the trenches mm. is willing to listen to what you have to say. Come on your podcast that no one's listening to. And then bada bing, bada bang, Buffalo chicken wang. <laughs> Anthony Marino, Jamie D'Amico, and all these guys started to allow Anthony, me to interview them. And Anthony, who's, to in
1: them. The, who's in the chat, by the way. So,
0: Aunt, I love you. That's uncle Ant right there. And you know, they, they saw something in me and uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but, and look, I, I, I've been embraced by this community um, with Bill's Mafia fans and embraced by the family that is Buffalo Rumblings. And it's been so cool. Like, I used to have like a Buffalo emblem. Like, it's, I, got, I got to send the, send you the picture. It's hilarious. Yeah, and it. my buddy who like just, you know, he's a, he's a manic drawer artist. Like, he drew like a duck face on it. Like <laughs> a mask, a duck mask on it. And it was almost like, yeah, like, you know, we're all, we're always jibber-jabbering. I just felt like the idea to me sounded really cool. Um, we have so much to say, right? right? As Bill's fans. And I just literally like that's the bottom line buff hub is a voice for you fans and i know as this continues to evolve right i I hope that i can get even more in in sync with other fans and whatnot i've had a lot of cool experiences thus far and um the cool i I would say number two aside from number one tonight is um when i was able to call stevie johnson Mm. and he was just riding in his bugatti And we FaceTime on my podcast. That was cool. And and that was number two. You know, so it was really awesome. It was like kind of the pinnacle of like, wow, I I guess I made it into podcasting.
1: Yeah, the king is in the room. So just so you know.
0: Love you, Jay. Uh, Happy to do it whenever you need me to, brother.
1: Yeah, yeah, super good. Uh, No, it's, uh, it's funny because what you just said resonates with me. So my show was birthed out of the overreaction show was birthed out of the same kind of premise that I just felt like between WGR 55 and just some other voices that were out there back in 2019 when I started that there was nobody that was my voice wasn't being represented not that it was completely different than everybody else's I just felt like it I felt like there was a lot of people that, that thought like I thought if that makes any sense in the world. Um, And I, you know, I feel like my show is the, you know, I'm just, I, I am every fan, so I'm no better or special than anybody else. I haven't been to the scouting Academy. I played football in the ninth grade or something like that. Like, so I don't have a ton of like playing experience. I don't understand breakdowns and film sessions and things like that. I see things. And Fina talks about this all the time. Like when I, when I observe, observe something and he's like, no, you're right. You're dead on what you're thinking right now is like, that's not right. So uh like like if i see something wrong he says you're right that's not right um so but for all intents and purposes i mean i'm just i'm just here to 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 connect with every other fan every other member of bill's mafia that's probably why we kind of jive as well as we do is because our shows are similarly uh concepted if that makes any sense but uh yeah it's good to have jay spence in the room jay spence we love you uh we appreciate you dude and uh it's i i we're going to miss you it'd be great to have you here tonight uh but uh you're not here and that's fine but uh let's get this show kicked off and the first place that we want to start and it was actually the basically the header of the show if you will as far as what i titled the show and it was basically gabe davis futures so if you think about you know the stock market and things like that and buying futures you know are you betting on it to win are you betting on it to lose are you buying are you selling and we've heard the buy sell thing on espn for baseball and we've heard it on football as well but gabe davis is sliding into the w the wide receiver two role, opposite Stefan Diggs, uh, and the, what we want to talk about, and I'd love to see some conversation in the chat as well. Are we buying or selling on his abilities to solidify that spot in the offense in this offense in twenty twenty two? And as as an aside, I'd like to talk, if we can, if we get there, if we have time, just about what his role, how that's going to affect the other guys, Jamison Crowder uh isaiah mckenzie whoever you know whoever the third guy is going to be whether that's you know uh khalil shakir or if that's going to be isaiah hodgins or if it's going to be somebody else but uh heck at this point it could be uh touchdown jesus for all we know who's going to slide into that third role but real quick what are your thoughts as far as gabe davis are you buying are you selling where do you where do you what are your thoughts feelings on that
0: I, this comes down to ken dorsey so from my perspective mm. i don't think this is going to be a run-heavy offense at all. Mm, mm. I think this is going to be, we're going to pass this football 35 to 40 times, no matter what, every single game. Wow. 15 of those passes, they're targeting Gabe Davis. And I believe he's earned it. I believe that the Bills are also in position to take the risk on giving him a shot now. Mm. They did the experiment with with veteran wide receivers at, at number two. It doesn't work. What they need to do, and they know now, is they need to get they need to invest like the stock market into these these young guys and give them a chance when the lights are the brightest to shine. And I get like I've had to wrestle with this for literally the entire offseason. Oh, if Tyran Matthew was there, you know, he wouldn't have set that playoff record with four touchdowns. Yes, no.
1: would. Yes, would. The
0: fact <laughs> is he executed in the playoffs at Kansas City, hostile environment. Right. He caught the football and he literally dug the bills out of a rut when they were down double digits right. on a freaking 70 yard bomb. Who else was going to do that? Stephon Diggs didn't do it. Mm. Isaiah McKenzie didn't do it. Emmanuel Sanders didn't do it. You know, playoff Jesus didn't do it. He did it. Mm-hmm. So, so what else do you need from him to let him slide in? He's not even, he's not asking for wide receiver one. He's asking for, Hey, this is my, this is how I see it. Give him four weeks. Mm. Tell him this is the bar you need to hit. And if he hits it, leave him there because we need a successor groomed right now to replace Stefan Diggs when Stefan Diggs gets older and mm. we need a guy to slide in when Stefan Diggs hypothetically would pull his hamstring. Who do we mm. have?
1: Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, there, there's a there's a point and Jay Spence and I talk about this all the time. There's a point where, you know, Josh Allen is going to have to make the guys around him better uh regardless. I don't know that Gabe Davis is necessarily being groomed at you know in his third season to be the replacement for Stefan Diggs, you know Stefan Diggs is what well, he was born in 1993 how old is he how does that how old does that make him so he's uh 29 yeah, he's 20, well yeah 30,
0: 20, well, 29 29 excuse me
1: yeah 29 um so I mean for all intents and purposes when you think about that I mean he's he just signed a four-year contract a four-year extension I you yeah. know to me Gabe Davis is going to be here potentially uh f- I mean he's got two years left on his contract right now and I, and if he plays well, I mean, the bills are going to, it's going to behoove the bills to resign him. I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that replaces your wide receiver Stefan dig. And this is where we get lost. And, and this was the conversation back in 19. This was one of those parts for me where I felt like my voice wasn't really out there. There were people screaming just about some of the guys that were on this roster that could potentially be wide receiver ones, Robert Foster. And guys like that and i was like robert foster is not a wide receiver one be like why how do you know maybe you just you should just give him a chance and i'm like he's not a wide receiver one and when we got Diggs, i think maybe 20 was when the rumor started right was it 20, uh 2020 or no it was before that it was 19 when the rumor started That we, we traded yes. for him in 2020 coming into the 2020 season mm-hmm. um it was obvious immediately immediately that stefan Diggs was a, a wide receiver one it was an immediate oh that's what one looks like because we haven't i love stevie johnson stevie johnson is not eric molds stevie johnson is not andre Reed. stevie right. johnson is not jerry butler from the early 80s when i was a kid the first you know player that i was a huge fan of growing up as a little kid um you know Stevie johnson was great and his, and he did something that no other bills wide receivers had done which is three consecutive thousand yard seasons um which was but he was not he's not stefan diggs and i don't know that i don't know that gabe davis is stefan diggs either So I don't know that they're grooming him to be a wide receiver one. I think that might end up having to be, could be, I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility. He could be, but maybe, I mean, I just don't see that.
0: I stand on the grounds that needs to be how they set the bar though. Right. Because we can't have this roster of a mentality that, you know, one guy goes down. Okay. We're out of the playoffs. Like, Gabe Davis, I believe, has the potential to take over a game.
1: Right. Well, and
0: and that's what a wide receiver one can do, although he is designated as wide receiver two.
1: Great conversation. He has the ability to take over a game when Stephon Diggs is drawing double teams and triple teams. So we haven't seen him in a situation where he's drawing all the attention. Um, Yes. But sorry, my mom is uh, freaking out about somebody posting porn in the chat. So, mom, it was, it was, it was. My mom watches this show. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Spence loves it that she watches it. Uh, so That's we awesome. we, we, Hi, we, we hit it. We we hit it and we've blocked them so they, they can't post anymore. So it, it, it happens. There's nothing we can do about it. It's just one of those things. Um, Jay Spence, the king actually uh, comes in. And he says, I think we love him. Gabe Davis so much that we are trying to put him into a superstar role. He's very good but he has to show more for me to say that he's a superstar. And I think that's what it is. I think he's a benefactor or, or has been now. I don't want, sorry, I'm going to correct myself. I don't want to. What's the word I'm looking for. I don't want to diminish what he's done and who he yeah. is, because there's a lot of wide receivers out there that are number two, number three, number four guys. Emmanuel Sanders was on that football team last year too, when he caught four touchdowns in the, in that playoff game and Emmanuel Sanders was borderline invisible. So, there's an yeah. aspect to he was getting open. He was beating his man. He was finding the holes in the defense, and Josh found him and threw him the ball, and he caught them. There's a lot of wide receivers. We have seen them. You know, Kelvin Benjamin that don't yeah. make those catches. Well, the ball right. hits him in the hands, and they, Dawson Knox at times is starting to run before he secures the catch. I don't want to diminish what he's done. I don't want to diminish the fact that he knows every position for you know in that in that room as far as the wide receivers, and I've, and I've heard this from a player. That what the Bills appreciate, the staff, the coaching staff appreciates, at least Dable when he when Dable was there, obviously Ken Dorsey is the offensive coordinator now. Is they they appreciate a guy that knows all of the positions. So Stephon Diggs is the X. That's what he plays. He doesn't move from the X. He's the X. I'm not saying he doesn't know the other positions, but he we don't see Stephon Diggs really in the slot a whole lot. We don't see him with the Y either. Uh Gabe Davis knows all of those positions. And I think that gives him a little bit of a not a head a head up on some people but it it definitely puts him in a situation to benefit because he knows the playbook which i have also been told is incredibly complex that this stable playbook is like stupidly um, we got i thought i blocked them but apparently they're showing up again somebody else blocked them uh i don't know why that's happening so for those of you that are in the comment section i don't know why this dude is like uh uh, posting (laughs) porn in our chat but it is what it is um He needs to be posting pictures of the Bills players because that's the only porn that we want to see. <laughs> um, so I don't want to diminish that. I just, For me, there's just an aspect of I'm not sure that uh, it, it'll be interesting. It, we're going to find out at some point. I'm sure Stefan Diggs at some point in time is going to miss a football game or two, and yeah. it's going to put a lot of that onus on Gabe Davis and who comes up behind him. So who slides into – the why does Jameson Crowder go to the why? I don't think so. Jameson James Crowder is a slot guy. Um, obviously, Khalil Shakir is a rookie. We don't know what he's going to necessarily bring to the table. We can talk about that in a minute. You've got guys on this team like Isaiah Hodgins, you've got guys on this team like Marquez Stevenson. So, there's some question marks out there, even still. Um, I'm buying so all that to say, I'm buying into Gabe Davis as the why, as the yeah. as the second boundary receiver, I'm absolutely buying into him, and a lot of that is because of. Just the magic that we've seen from him when it comes to toe touching the sidelines, um, getting open, you know, finding the spaces in the defense. Clearly, Josh trusts him. I felt like last year, his, his targets, his catches, his uh, activity inside of or his production inside of this offense was diminished wildly because of Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, when you've got a guy that's probably going to wear a gold jacket on your team at an old age, you're going to put him in the lineup and you're going to tell Gabe, second year player, probably to take a little bit of a seat. Obviously, yeah. his production picked up towards the end of the season, but I'm buying into it. I don't want to say that I'm not buying into it. Yeah. I just, to Spence's point, I think there's a pumping of the brakes. Like, like this is a big year for him. Don't you think this is a big yeah. year?
0: It, no, it's it's a huge year, but I also think that a lot of the reason why his stock may not be, a lot of people may not be buying into it, is it's not his fault. Mm. I mean, you have to let the guy do his thing. you got, you got to get him opportunities. You've got to get him involved into um, What the Bills are trying to accomplish, not just, you know, throw them in there when all else fails. This right. is a year where they're not doing that. And that's what I love about it. But I also have seen plenty, even since UCF, that I say to myself, and it's funny, I was watching a documentary with him and Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall is literally just, he's with him for like 30 minutes in this documentary um, with Gabe Davis. And he's literally saying, guys, what I see from him as a wide receiver, I've been in forever. Right. These are—he is innately doing things, reacting to things yeah. that a receiver in the NFL, he's not even in the NFL yet. It would take them four seasons to do. Yeah, and we're starting to see the fruits of what he's about, and I think that's the thing about it. I, I, I not only buy into uh, him as wide receiver too, I buy into the stock of his future development, and to be that guy that if we have a crucial game coming up. We can rely on him. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this is the season by week seven or week eight, you know, we're looking at him and we're saying, wow, the Bills drafted great and they finally developed a wide receiver. I mean, who's, who's another wide receiver the Bills have developed? But Stevie, first, Von Diggs.
1: Stevie. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot of guys out there that we love, right? So Daniel Jones, yeah. wasn't da- Daniel Jones was one, uh, or David Jones. Um, yeah. uh, no, David, who's the David, uh, the tall guy, lanky guy played the slot for the Bills in no, the, uh, david nelson right and then daniel Daniel jones uh who was actually i think he was on buffalo radio for a while actually he was on with steve tasker tasker if i'm not mistaken so i mean there's some guys that we love that didn't pan out when they went someplace else but i mean stevie who was a seventh round pick out of kentucky right um Mm -hmm. who else are you thinking about that i mean i don't know eric molds i mean obviously was developed
0: the the list is very thin and so you look at donald jones And I talk about sustained success.
1: Donald Jones, not Daniel. Donald Jones. Jones, Yeah, I was close. I was close.
0: Sustained success comes from having the bar up here. You look at what Pittsburgh did for so many years behind Heinz Ward. Look at all of those. Emmanuel Sanders came from that group. Yeah, but you know, Wallace came from that group. Plenty of players came from that group.
1: So did Antonio Brown. So the question is, did so Heinz Ward was there before Roethlisberger. So there's an yeah. aspect of like Heinz Ward teaching Roethlisberger how to be a quarterback, which we've seen Stefan Diggs do when Stefan Diggs got here, there was a, there was a huge emphasis with him and Josh Allen about stopping, slowing down. This yes. is what I'm going to do. This is where I want the football, blah, 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 which that's a huge part of Josh Allen's arc. After that, there was a lot of, Ben Roethlisberger developing wide receivers because those guys, whether it's Chase Claypool, whether it's you know Antonio Brown, whether it's it's the guys that you talked about, there's a lot of wide receivers that are in that that chain. There's there's Juju. I mean, no one wants that.
0: He's great, but Juju, if he was in Buffalo, we'd love him, right? Uh, I don't
1: know. I'm not Um, saying
0: last year Juju, but I'm saying like
1: before that. Sure. Yes for for sure. Robert Robert Woods is another one. Uh, Daniel Gary's just put Robert Woods in the chat that that was developed, not developed, but the bills drafted and he kind of became something, which is good. Great. It's a, it's a, it's a riveting conversation as far as just who made who chicken to the egg. But I feel like Josh Allen is by the time Stefan Diggs retires, Josh Allen is going to be in that mold of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I made Jake Kummer. good. I made, right, I made, not Julian, not that Julian Edelman was bad, but I'm sure that Julian Edelman had even drafted by the Dolphins or had been drafted by the Browns wouldn't have been Julian Edelman, right? Right, right. Uh, Devontae Adams wasn't exactly a first-round draft pick. Did he have all the talent and the raw skills to do what he's doing? Yes. How much? did you know did did Aaron Rodgers play into that to find out
0: yeah we're, we're about we're, to find out a lot but it, it's see, in the
1: but it seems like that trajectory once a wide receiver finds it and understands what a quarterback needs from him and an offense needs from him it becomes innate in their skill set versus guys that just never really find it right so yeah. but Gabe Davis is uh it's going to be fun to watch what he does this year I'm going to be I'm a huge Gabe, Dave, Gabe Davis fan right I mean I think I think we all are um it's gonna be interesting. What do you think from a production standpoint? What do you think he's gonna be doing this year, numbers wise?
0: Numbers wise, I, I think that if Ken Dorsey sticks to his guns and really decides to make Josh Allen sling it all year, I see him peaking right over a thousand yards. Wow. Having four to five touchdowns. Um, having really great games and then just having consistent 70-yard, 60-yard games, stuff right, like right, that. Right, right, I'm not right. gonna say he's gonna be able to take over every single game because we know who that you know who whose role right. that is
1: it's tough, but,
0: um, it's tough. <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 you know um i think you look at past years the bills have relied heavily and and this is the thing right they're gonna have to figure out how to get creative with this wide receiver group hmm. because cole beasley you knew what he was going to give you oh yeah Emmanuel sanders to an extent you knew what he was going to give yeah. you Stephon digs we know that as well this is where it gets interesting though joe we have for the first time I believe in Bill's history, a super dynamic tight end group with OJ Howard and Dawson Knox. That opens up the entire playing field for this offense to do whatever the heck they want at the wide receiver position, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and if James Cook is a measure of what we expect him to be, I mean, that provides a, a, a matchup nightmare anywhere he is, which is a big part. So Jessica Tennis says from a production standpoint, she's expecting 12 touchdowns out of Gabe Davis. That's a big number. That's, that's a a, that's oh a big my gosh that's a big um, number what did what did knox have last year did he have 11 i don't remember what the number is i think he had like double a, he had double
0: i think he might have eclipsed um mm. he was tied yeah, was, for he
1: was tied for something in the league for touchdowns i don't know if it was second or first or whatever but um it'll be it, it it it's going to be interesting and it's hard not to root for a guy like that i mean gabriel davis just because of where he was drafted who he is? Nine
0: touchdowns. Dawson Knox. Nine touchdowns. Five hundred eighty-seven yards. T-
1: so three more. Twelve. That's a lot. That's a lot for a wide receiver. Is that yeah. not a lot?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why I said four to five. Just because of I believe he's just going to be he's going to be that decoy guy here and there to be able yeah. to open up the offense.
1: Yeah, keep talking because Amanda Amanda is asking what his numbers were last year. So Amanda, hang on a second. No, I'll give no, you no a yeah, last
0: receiver. year had a uh, forty-nine receptions, five hundred eighty-seven yards for Dawson Knox. Um, no,
1: along uh, with no, Gabe Davis.
0: Oh, Gabe, I mean, Gabe yeah. Davis definitely didn't really eclipse too many things as far yeah. as his stats last year. So but- last so 20, I
1: think it's 2020 and 2021 numbers were similar. So as I'm pulling it up, so 2020 versus 2021, he played, uh looks like 13 games or no, 16 games rather. He wears number 13, my bad. Started 11 games in 2020, started four in 2021. Again, that was the Emmanuel Sanders effect. And this does not include the playoffs, clearly. Uh, 35, this is funny. Targets in 2020, 62. Targets in 2021, 63. Receptions in 2020, 35. Receptions in 2021, 35. Uh, 599 versus 549. Uh, so 549 last year. Touchdown, seven versus six. So uh, yards per target, 9.7, 8.7. So, and that 8.7 is actually Josh changing his game. As we know, last year, he kind of began to focus a little bit more on you know, being underneath versus always trying to chuck it, chuck it downfield. Uh, which I right. still have a high percentage of that too. But it's mm-hmm. funny how eerily similar those two numbers are. If there's a guy that's ready to take a jump, it's him, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, just the way the offense is formulated with the double tight end set, meaning we're bringing a really dynamic, um, you know, guy at the running back position to be able to play action once he gets moving. Right. Someone's going to get open. Right. It's the tight ends, or it's going to be it's going to be Stefan Diggs, or it's going to be. Gabe Davis, I, my, my stock is going into Gabe Davis. Um, People are going to have to pay a lot more attention to him and he's going to sneak up on people. Um, It'll be,
1: it'll be interesting to see how that attention falls because if James cook, like I said, is a measure of who we expect him to be and is a weapon and they start pushing him outside, lining him up in the slot, pushing, you know, make, put him out out wide and Gabe Davis is on the field. And then they, you know, they, they, you know, and then they, they they split him out wide as far as James cook, where that attention falls um, if he can run it, if he can be an effective runner, if this offensive line can kind of come together and put Singletary in a position where he can be effective or Moss, if you know that he can be effective, it, it becomes to pick your poison for sure. Yes. You got to think that Steph- you're not going to leave Stefan Diggs single covered, right? Unless yeah. you're Jalen Ramsey, which, you know, he obviously scored a touchdown against Jalen Ramsey two years ago. So, mm-hmm. and uh yeah, it yeah. Is it LaShawn uh, Lattimore? He had the touchdown last year against Lattimore uh, mm-hmm. with that crazy move that he had. It'll be, it'll be, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. So what where did you have him for a production? Did you give numbers or no?
0: Yeah, I got him at right eclipsing a thousand yards. How many? And catches? I got him at four to five touchdowns, and I, I think the, the receptions obviously they're going to increase. I would say about ten or fifteen from last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just feel as though. So you're
1: saying he's going to fifteen more receptions and five hundred more yards? That.
0: Yes, that's, if, that's, if he's taking if he's taking the wide receiver two role and he's solidifying himself. Yeah. absolutely and because you gotta understand what the bills are trying to do is they're trying to get stronger at who they are and yeah, who exactly. they are right. is in the top three the heaviest play action football team right. in the nfl right and that solely comes from being able to really have a dynamic tight end duo been able to pitch it fake the pitch swing it out who's going to get single coverage most likely it's going to be gabe davis
1: or jameson crowder for sure
0: Jamison Crowder as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just we have seen way more out of Gabe Davis than we have out of Jamison Crowder, and now this is when you know we're gonna have to have that conversation depending on what McDermott and Ken Dorsey decide to do at that position. But it is gonna shock me <laughs> that in Jamison Crowder's first year with Buffalo on a four, on a four million dollar deal takes over that role, and we ignore Gabe Davis again. I don't and think that. Happens. we're wondering when we get to the playoffs why the offense isn't opening up quick enough, and we need a, we need this guy to score four touchdowns for mm-hmm. everyone to open up their eyes. And he just wasn't lined up on the right side where you saw um, where you saw Tyron Matthew typically line up on the field. They yeah. were floating him everywhere, and he was making plays.
1: Well, that's because he knows the whole playbook, which is big. But I don't think it was a matter of ignoring him. He was the third wide receiver. He was wide receiver three. And they don't exactly run a ton of four, four as much as we saw a bunch of four wide and five wide stuff in 2020, we didn't see a a whole lot of four wide and five wide stuff in in 2021. So I think that was more about it. And obviously last year we probably could have had, all of us could have had a conversation. If you're going, if you're going to put a wide receiver on the field, is it Gabe Davis or is it Emmanuel Sanders? I think we're all probably picking Emmanuel Sanders, right? I mean, just veteran experience. uh, Mm -hmm. He's been to Super Bowls. Like he's done this forever yeah it's great it's a great it's a great problem it's a luxury to have but let's do this Let, let's so as much as people are coming in so elliot eisler's in the room he says 12 tds breakout season so that's the second time 12 tds mr dick says wow. i agree uh eight to nine tds with 900 to 1100 yards woof uh richard rush says i can i can see davis and Diggs both over so we've done this several years so over the last three year, two years we've predicted multiple receivers over a thousand yards so if it happens this year that would be amazing
0: well beasley's I, gone beasley's gone who 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 else is going to do it where else where, well, where, beasley where else didn't, but, beasley gonna go did,
1: but beasley didn't do it so the question is is Jameson Crowder going to get 800 yards in the slot
0: but right? beasley has it? done it
1: for with as a bill
0: as a bill he has eclipsed i believe it was two years ago he eclipsed that mark i could i could have sworn i seen it when i was looking at his numbers
1: if, if only Chris Jenkins was in the room because Chris Jenkins can tell you in about a half a second. <laughs> and Chris Jenkins knows all of these random stats. It's uh, it's wild. So I can. We tell got you close. Where,
0: he got close in twenty twenty at nine hundred and sixty seven. I'm just saying. Are, back here.
1: How are you there before me? How is that even possible? Yeah, he's I, never I, had a I thousand. I man. No, I, I, was, I was going. I have it as well. I was going to say he's never had a hundred, uh, thousand yard season, but I wasn't confident. So
0: he got and, damn near close. In um, yeah, really the regular season, and I, I think when you look at how they're going to start figuring out who to feed the ball to. Um, I mean, the kid earned his fair share of targets at least going into the four weeks of the season. Right, if right. we see no production from him and it is just like the Bills are 2-2 two and two, or God forbid they're 1-3 because they're trying to force feed him and he's not executing. All right, then Houston, we have a problem. He's not developing. He's had plenty of time as a Bill to try to figure out how to execute. Right. I am just on the boat of – it is also the the Bills' responsibility to develop him. No, for sure. Not just every offseason comes around, a marquee free agent comes out, and let's throw all this money at him at the wide receiver position. We've we've already done that.
1: Now well, the Bills have to we, we made a trade for a guy. We didn't really throw money to free agent wide receiver necessarily. I mean, we did with Beasley.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I meant though. I mean, they, we've yeah. we've done that too. I mean, and, and now he gets his new deal. Right. Um, right, the right. Bills have a very strong responsibility to develop Gabe Davis. And if they're re-signing Isaiah McKenzie, that means they believe in this group. And I believe they do have high hopes for what Gabe Davis can do. And I just, the makeup of who he is, um, how he blends with every personality on this, on on the offense. It's just like, God, I want to see him succeed so bad. And as a Bills fan, fan, I, I am hoping that, McDermott and Dorsey hear this plea that this guy needs to, this guy needs to get it going for this offense to be juiced up and ready to go against these high powered offenses in 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 the the playoffs. I mean, it's it's gonna be huge.
1: I got bad news. Sanders choked. They got bad news. They don't watch this show. They don't listen to this show. I got bad news for you. Maybe somebody Apparently,
0: apparently Brandon Bean listens to the Believe podcast. Apparently.
1: Uh, well, I know that Kim Pagula listens to Locked On Bills with Joe Marino every day, so I know that for a fact.
0: That's super um, terrifying. I'm kind of intimidated. If I find out like some random guy who's super high profile in the Bills just listens to my show, it's gonna freak me out a little bit. Well, that, that, that's off.
1: what's hard about all of this because, for all intents and purposes, like I keep, I've said that like four times tonight, so I, I'm gonna find a different phrase or a different no, phrase, I like, like that. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> <start with it. laughs> uh what's hard about this job in general is you want to be objective. And Fina is the king of that. Fina's like, I don't want to disparage a player, but I got to be objective. And I got to say if he was good or bad, or if he won or lost or, or whatever it is. But what's hard about it is when you do this, you know, that certain players watch certain shows or listen yeah. to certain shows. And I'm in a situation where I'm running into bills players all the time. So there's a lot of them that attend the same church that I attend. So I see yeah. them on Sundays and it's like, what's up, bro. And we like bro hug. And, whatever. And it's always my greatest fear that I'm going to say something that maybe one of them doesn't like, and they take it personal. And that's the hard part. They they, they
0: shake, they shake your hand a little, a little, a little harder on Sunday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's just an aspect of, I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings by being objective. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's not, it's not personal. It's just, you know, we're just having a conversation about football and about the bills and two players,
0: two players. I hope I find out, listen to my podcast or Gabe Davis and Matt Milano. That, I want to go. There is a place that I recommend for everyone. If you end up in the Gabe Davis neighborhood, that is Sanford, Florida. I used to go there. I played shows. I was in a band for a while. Oh, wow. And What'd you is, play?
1: Singer, drums, bass, guitar? Up, I,
0: you give me two seconds, I'll show you.
1: Uh oh. <laughs> You're not supposed to leave the frame, bro. <laughs> so Steve Vega has lost, left the frame and he's pulling out an acoustic guitar, which I can do. <clears throat>
0: Whoa! A little telly action.
1: <laughs> this is my sixth guitar. It's oh, out of tune. Man, it's wildly is out of tune. <laughs> all
0: right, that's it. That's all you get. That's
1: all you get. You've been ever uh, done you, that. Bill's mafia has been that. teased. Been so if, if you never want to it. get if you want to get smooth jams, tune into the Buff Hub. Uh, podcast on the Buffalo sure. Rumblings podcast network. But anyways, moving on. So you were saying about being in Sanford, Florida. So you're saying that he does listen to your show or you want him to?
0: I hope he does because I, I want to grab coffee with him at this record store. I hope it's still there. It's so amazing. It's called Rabbit Foot and it is a coffee shop. They let people play music there, bands. Um, It's like, it's literally the golden nugget. I still jam in Sanford occasionally. Whoa. Well, when I end up back in the uh, in the zone over there, Elliot, I'll let you know I'm over in uh, the desert of Las Vegas. So, if I get back there, I'm hitting you up, Elliot. But yes, <laughs> dude, it is so amazing there. Fishing there is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, it just it blew my mind away that Gabe Davis is I don't know just a, a low key like a super Sanford guy. It, it just it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I know that I know where he fishes. He's I went over true. that bridge every single day.
1: He's very chill. That's absolutely true. So let's move on to the uh, second topic of the day, which is that uh, Jordan Poyer has been absent from voluntary OTAs. Uh, How concerned are we about his absence? And where does it leave the Bills if he holds out? Now, I want everybody to know the holdout part was his idea. (laughs) I'm not trying to put bad juju on the Bills or Bills Mafia, but as we were kind of talking about what the topics were going to be for this show, Vega was like, What's it gonna do if he holds out? And I was like, no, don't say that. But here we are. So I'm gonna let you roll with this one. <laughs> what what are we
0: supposed to think? Right? What what do you want me to think? Like, I'm a Bills fan. Now you're making me truly believe that this is definitely a one-year deal type of league. You're making me feel that way because
1: uh, it's become that for sure. It's definitely become that.
0: Yeah, and and, and you're making me feel that. If you don't get your long-term deal, you're not going to settle for a one-year deal. I think that's what, my thing that I have.
1: What's what's hard about what what's hard about Poyer is I, I want to say what's hard about Poyer is that he's he's blossomed late. Poyer as a brown was not as good as Poyer is now. Correct. And there's always the conversation that the Bills brass are going to have, which is, oh, hey, by the way, the reason you're so good is because of our scheme and because Mike is next to you. If the scheme wasn't the scheme and Michael wasn't next to you, would you be as good as you are now? Poyer may be willing to take that bet, right? So he might be well, or he might know, like, how the scheme fits it. So it's Tyler Medakevich. Um, You know, Tyler Medikevich came here to Buffalo as a free agent to play special teams. He played on a 3-4 football team defensively for the Steelers and was horrible, wildly bad, like whenever yeah. he would get on the field as a linebacker. In a 3-4 or a 4-3 scheme, I said 3-4, right? In a 4-3 scheme, McDermott scheme, he actually has played well as a linebacker in this scheme because it fits him. It fits who he is as a player. Now, obviously, yeah. we don't want Tyler Medikevich playing. Uh, there's a problem if he's playing during the regular season uh, and, we're, and it's not a blowout and he's you know playing on the defense. But that's kind of my point. So I wonder if Poyer understands that or if he doesn't. The hard part is, like, we love Jordan. Jordan's freaking phenomenal you hear in the pressers today they were asking or yesterday rather they were asking they asked Dawkins they asked Josh they asked several players like what are your thoughts about Poyer being gone and they're like I'm good with it it is what it is like I think they asked McDermott and McDermott they all said the same thing business is business and this is part of the business I think they feel like Poyer is great Poyer deserves to get his last paycheck if that makes any sense
0: well my question Joe is did the Bills see this coming? Like, um, like that's that's what kind of makes me concerned about how they're going to start handling. There's a domino tier two. Like there, There's t- there's there's two tiers of superstars. He's in tier two. We know that he he can't he can't knock someone who is a six two running back. Wait <laughs> wait, 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 wait wait
1: wait 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 wait. Who are the tier one
0: guys? Tier one is Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. We know okay. they are guaranteed the long term contracts. Tier two is the type of guys that if they leave the building they will get a long-term contract elsewhere. You know, like there's yeah. always well, those kind of guys.
1: He's not, I mean, as much as I want to say he's not going to get a long ter- long-term long term contract, Von Miller just signed a six-year contract with the Buffalo Bills, and he's older than Jordan. So it's not yeah. outside the realm of possibility. It seems like the one to two years masked as a three- and four-year deal is kind of what's in vogue right now in the NFL. And Brandon Bean is kind of like the guy that's pushed that whole like boat down the river as far as what yeah. everybody's doing. I I don't I don't know what the answer he's 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 Jordan Poyer is he's a first team all pro, right? I mean, yes.
0: He's a first team all pro as Bills fans. We believe him to be a superstar. We do Yeah. because we have seen how he's elevated his game, how he's elevated the team as a defense. Right. right? We know that. Right. But I'm saying from a contract point of view. I'm talking about the media. Yeah, at yeah. large. I'm not talking about just bills media. I'm talking about NFL media, ESPN media. Right. Name, he draws in attention, type of a guy. He's in tier 2. Yeah, for sure. He can get that money elsewhere, which is what sucks about the situation because it looks as though the door is going to close after this year or um, you know, maybe maybe it won't. Maybe he'll settle for a deal that could progress into something um based off of him elevating his game. Like we can all we can all believe this. That six year deal with Von Miller is a three-year deal. And he is barely getting paid for those those first three years. We know that. Money's on the back end. Correct. I just wonder if Jordan's gonna settle for something like that. Right.
1: So you you used you used the term or you said that you said, I wonder if the Bills knew. Right. Yeah. That's what you said. I wonder if it, so. I don't think that they necessarily did. I think there was an aspect to jordan poyer and i'm looking up some stuff right now just so you know yeah. i think there was an aspect of dominoes fell so it turned into a uh you're paying all those guys so the bills were like we got to get some stuff done we got to get allen done you know all these wide receivers that are not as good as stefan diggs are making way more money than stefan diggs christian kirk
0: yeah
1: we got to get stefan diggs done because especially wide receivers you want to keep them happy because nobody turns into a diva faster than a wide receiver. And I'm not saying that Stefan Dix is a diva. It just happens. Right. So there was an aspect of want needing to get stuff done. So I think it was just more about dominoes falling and it was smart on, on Jordan's point on uh, J- Jordan's part to just be like, Hey, don't forget about me. So here's the thing. Jordan Poyer as per spot track, uh, his calculated market value right now is 10 according to spot track is $10.7 million in an average annual salary. They've got him right around the area of Jimmy Ward, Tyron Matthew, Devin McCordy, Adrian Phillips. Uh, so Tyron Matthew, uh, what did he land? A three-year, $28 million contract, average 9.4. The question is, is if the bill's announced tomorrow, he's got one year left on his deal. They give him new money. It's a two-year extension, giving him three years total, and it's worth 28.3. Are we happy about that? Or are we like, mm, man, there's some other guys coming up at well, Oliver, yeah, Tremaine doing. Edmonds. There's some other guy, There's some other names
0: out there. The Bills don't have a choice because they didn't develop anyone behind him. There's no one who can fill that void uh, right now. Jaquan Johnson J- J- is not nearly as good. Demar Ham.
1: Um, there's Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson and Demar Hamlin have played okay in, in 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 at the times that they've played stepped in for Hyde or Poyer. The question is the funny thing about this defense is it's just like the linebackers. So the Bills play a base nickel 4-2, uh, and yes. they play the, the the way the the, the hybrid safeties work. They're interchangeable. Just like the linebackers, the, 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 the safeties are interchangeable. So I'm not necessarily ready to say that DeMar Hamlin or Jaquan Johnson can't... They're not going to play right now necessarily to the level that Jordan Poyer's playing. But can they play to a level that makes this still the number one defense in the league or the number two defense in the league? That's the question.
0: That's I think DeMar Hamlin is the, the strongest shot for that. I don't think you throw a guy like Saran Neal back there. We've seen him no kind of no. get pigeon-footed, right? No. And, and, I, and I look at... If they have an affinity for Dane Jackson and DeMar Hamlin, regardless of the situation at large on how long it's going to take to develop and all that jazz. But if we're talking about getting a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. you have to resign. There's nobody else in the market. Well, the the open,
1: that was there. The open. So this year is, this year is by, I don't know that the year, I don't know that the window gets wider next year than it is this year. The window is open, especially when you see the, the retooling and the all out, as I called it a month and a half ago, two months ago, arms race in the AFC yeah. West in particular. The AFC is freaking stacked. If the NFC wins the Super Bowl this year, it'll be a miracle in my opinion. I don't know what NFC team compares to the Raiders or the chargers let alone the bills and some of the other the dolphins are stacked the jets crushed their draft in one free agency like and then you got the patriots who still suck but uh, I, I mean it's it's amazing to me the talent that's in the afc
0: right now sorry yeah, you, you make a you great point. point but you make a great point joe but here's the thing development wins i'm sorry you can sign always. every superstar you want always look at the Bengals. I still think the Bengals are the second best team in the, in 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 the AFC. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be the Bills and the Bengals in the AFC Championship this year. Wow. Really? I truly believe that. They got better on off the offensive line. No one wants to talk about them. Yeah, no. This dude came off an ACL injury with a rookie wide receiver. They figured it out. They they signed who they needed to sign at the defensive line and and it's it's like we're just going to we're going to pretend this team did not win the AFC and beat Kansas city twice. And the bills couldn't do that. So, so, so my thing is, and they did it at the AFC championship at Kansas city. Right. So if we're going to sit here and believe that talent is going, you know, signing, whoever you need to sign is just going to get you over the hump. I mean, I got news for you. You also have to spend just as much energy and time at developing your players. Because we saw how that turned around for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so I say this to combine to the point, we have Jordan Poyer, right? We have DeMar Hamlin. I think Jaquan Johnson is is a guy that you can throw in there to get some experience. I think he's more of a special teams guy. But if we're going to be completely real, we don't have a guy who is developed enough to fill that void that Jordan Poyer will leave.
1: Agreed. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with that. That's that's my biggest argument about Tremaine Edmonds. Like the idea that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on from Tremaine in year five after this season, and somehow like find the guy that's gonna replace him in the draft or wherever else. I mean, Tremaine is the quarterback of the defense. He's the guy that puts everybody in their place. And while sometimes it seems like his pursuit angles are wrong, you know, the other eighty percent of the time are. 70% Seventy percent of the time, he's also got a lineman draped over him because the defensive line hasn't been necessarily as good as we hope that it's going to be this year. But Jordan Poyer, I don't think he holds out, and that's kind of what this conversation is about: Is yeah, he going to yeah. hold out? I don't. I don't know that he holds. I don't think he's that. I think he sees what's in front of him. So I think he. I think he sees what's in front of him. The worst thing that could happen to Jordan Poyer is he holds out, and Demar Hamlin or Jaquan Johnson come in, and the Bills are four and zero after four games. Because I at that point, how- the, at that point, the Bills are like, "You can stay out." The bill, the Bills just went to the <laughs> look at the look at the season that the Bills put in post uh Tredavious White getting hurt. Our corners were Dane Jackson, who who we love, and Levi Wallace, who we all kind of have an affection for. But they are not by any stretch of the, the words CB ones. They yes. they're probably CB two Bs. They're not. I mean, those guys are not. They're not Kyrie Elam at this point, right? So, and the Bills still stacked wins at the end of the season playing those two guys. The worst thing that Jordan Poyer could do is hold out and then this team is 4-0 and or 5-0. and And then Jordan's like, can I come back, please? Because I want to win a Super Bowl too.
0: But, but here, here's the thing where the concern comes in. I, I don't believe he's going to hold out much longer. Right. My thing is, how does it then affect the locker room? Here's the thing. He is a very passionate, strong leader. Indeed. What happens when a guy like that goes sour? Well, That's that a guy the, that you rely on for your morale, your energy yep, before you get yep. into a game to get in the zone. He's yep. the guy who gave the most fiery speech I've ever seen any NFL player do to a rival at on a, on a playoffs on a on a playoff uh, you know level game and all that crap. Agreed. Like, agreed. What he did for that defense last year was ignite a fire. I didn't see Micah Hyde doing that. I didn't see Tremaine Edmonds doing that. Last person I seen do that was Kyle Williams. Yeah, Kyle
1: was yeah, Kyle's good. Kyle's good.
0: <laughs> so to lose that morale and, 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 and igniting factor is mm. huge. That's yeah. why I'm concerned um, about his absence because I know that's going to do a number on this team. They're going to have to look to someone. I don't know who else is on the roster who can really provide what he provides there. Well, somebody,
1: so Vaughn Miller is on this football team. So what, I mean, he clearly Vaughn isn't the the quarterback of the of the corners, if, if that makes sense. Um, there's not going to be a lack, Tim Settles. Part of the reason the Bills, I think, you know, it's funny because we love these players, Harrison Phillips, <laughs> right? I think part of the reason that the Bills moved on from Harrison Phillips was not necessarily because they didn't like Harrison Phillips or yeah. they didn't feel that he wasn't worth the contract that he got. I think a guy like Tim Settle brings more energy. Uh, a guy like for the same price a guy like jordan phillips brings Mm -hmm. a lot more energy for less money um i think there was an attitude that they're looking for so you've got this you've got these guys that on paper look really really great and you're rotating them at 48 or 47 of the time which i hate by the way um and there just wasn't enough energy there and some of that energy could be lost because the guys can't find a rhythm it also could be lost because if you remember, and I know you do, the the moment that Jordan Phillips got here after being jettisoned by by Miami, it was instant energy on that defensive line. In even with, I think Kyle was on the team, and it was instant energy with Jordan Phillips on this football team when he got here. It was just he became Great a fan, the crowd favorite immediately. So, I, there's guys there. Obviously, the Jordan, I, I believe the Jordan Phillips, Jordan, the Jordan Poyer. Uh, sorry about that, the Jordan Poyer speech pregame speech you're talking about was just to the cornerback group was it not it was not to the entire defense yes, it was just, that's yeah. correct that's so correct. obviously von miller's not gonna be over there talking to the corners but i gotta think somebody's out there that's gonna step up um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting because it's funny because hyde is a vocal leader Trey appears to be more of a leader by example which I don't know that he needs to be more than that we know nothing about Kyrie Elam at this point you know uh tyron johnson or taron johnson i don't i don't i don't know so, i mean that's probably why Poyer's the vocal guy the vocal leader I,
0: yeah i i think i think that he adds a different element um being like a smaller fiery guy i mean he's not he's not a defensive lineman i think those guys <laughs> if they got they got they got that kind of fiery side to them i mean it, it's going to ignite the entire team i agree jordan Phillips can do that but here's the thing you can have that but you also have to have the play and i think Jordan Poyer provides that fieriness with his speeches, with how he talks to the players around him, their morale, but he right. backs it up on the field.
1: Right. 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 Sure. And, and
0: we, what I want to see is not another Feliciano situation that we got a fiery guy that isn't backing it up between the whistles.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't, sorry. I apologize. I, I got a little distracted uh, just because the uh, porn bot is back. I don't know what this is. It just must be because they must, they must, they must be here because you're so attractive. They're just here. Oh god, here. <laughs> oh, god. Let me hide my face. They're like, Ooh, is that Steve Vega? The military man who lives in Vegas. I mean, those guys might be out there near you somewhere, right? Please I mean... <laughs> let's grab
0: some wings and a beer. One of these days when we watch a game and let's go, I'm down. Are you talking to me? Or
1: are you talking about the porn bot?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, not about the porn bot.
1: <laughs> well, I love Las Vegas, but uh, yeah, if you're in Buffalo, let me know. Uh, yeah. so we're about 53 minutes into this thing. So let's do this. Let's, let's, let's end this thing. And it's been a good time. The energy has been great. The conversation has been great. The, the, the comment section has been fa- freaking fantastic. Uh, it's great to have Pam in the room. So I don't know if you know Pam, Pam Madonna, but, uh, Pam was awesome. Good thing Joe was on top of that. We have lost half the guy audience tonight. <laughs> Pam, you they've actually been, they've been trolling us all night long, Pam. So, uh, but uh, it, it is what it is. I've actually been distracted by it a couple of times because I'm trying to like zap it. And uh, yeah. I, was, I was finally successful. And I think I finally blocked it, but. We, know, we need to it.
0: hire a zapper, Joe. That's <laughs> what we need to do.
1: But uh, so you talked about your show a little bit, uh, but as we wrap up. Yeah. You talked about your show, but you didn't say when it drops. Um, Yeah. So why don't you do that real quick? Why don't you one more time, tell everybody who you are, where to find you and tell them about your show and when it drops on Buffalo Rum Wings.
0: Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, I am on every single Friday. Uh, you can listen to me in the morning, listen to me in the evening, um, all day, every day after Friday hits. And yeah, I mean, literally you can find me on Twitter at Buff Hub. I keep it very vanilla, very simple when it comes down to how you can find my content. Um, I remember telling Anthony when I first started, uh, You know, I was thinking about doing the YouTube thing because that's kind of where I started. But I said, you know what? I really want to harness being informative um, and being specific and just being simple for everyone to grab and yeah. latch onto my content. I just felt like I wasn't there yet. Maybe I'll get there. Maybe yeah. tonight yeah. was a was a was a uh, was a step towards that. Again, but yeah, I'm only on audio as of right now on Buffalo Rumblings, on Spotify, you name it, every single platform. You can find me there every Friday.
1: Yep. I would tell you this. So last year I did four shows. I did the, uh, the overreaction post-game show. I did the John Fina off tackle with John Fina show. I did the Humpty hotline and I did the time to shine going into it. I was like, four is no problem. Even Bruce was like, four is a lot. I think Anthony reached out to me. <laughs> four is a lot. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like the overreaction show writes itself because it's a post-game show. I mean, I have to, I have to do an outline, but it writes itself. Yeah. Fina, I'm lobbing softballs at a former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman. Like that, that's, like beautiful that's wonderful work the hump day hotline i get to hang around my best friend jay spencer king and talk about the bills for like an entire hour and then time to shine there's an aspect of like it's just i'm just bringing people on and they're doing all the work for me i was like it should be fine this is gonna be fine four is fine four was too much four shows were too much so all that to say this um i don't want the time to shine to die this year but i'm definitely not going to do it so there might be an opportunity for you to if you want to dip your toes into it to do the time to shine if not i'd like to see if we can rotate it i don't want the time to shine to go away it's the only show of all the bills content creation platforms where we're bringing on everybody in the chat over there like anybody that wants to come on can come on and it's a call in show just like we have on wgr 55 and all the radio stations i would love to see that continue um i don't know if it will or not i just know that i'm not committed to doing it every single week because four shows was too much it was a lot <laughs> I, wife, I mean, does. that's
0: why I say you're also a king, man. I mean, you just, I don't know, <laughs> King the second. I don't know. I don't know how to how to nickname you, but geesh.
1: Yeah. So nice. uh, R- Richard Rush says, I'm going to miss time to shine. It's not going away, Richard. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure that it stays. So we'll see. But uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned in to the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. I am your host, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Tonight, sitting in for Jay Spence the King, my guy, Steve Vega, who you can find on Twitter at Buff Hub. Any final words, any final thoughts, any final comments?
0: Hopefully when I get to Buffalo, one of these days, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I want to go to my first Buffalo Bills game in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I have yet to be able, I can't make this up. Every single time I've tried, something has come up and it is, it drives me crazy for the last three years. It drives me nuts. But yes, I was really planning on doing a trip. And if I get out there, we are tailgating. No, for sure. I will be there.
1: You got it. For me, there will be tables. For me, for Steve Vega, for Jay Spencer King, for Buffalo Rumblings, go Bills. Say it. You got to say it. Go Bills. Go Bills.